and all of a sudden I just kind of broke down and just was bawling my eyes out and said and just told her everything everything was on the line like Hello and welcome to episode six of the Being Men podcast. Um, my name is Mitch and I'm here with my handsome co-host Ro. And today we're going to be talking about vulnerability. Hey, going, Ro? Yeah, good, mate. I'm a little bit nervous about this episode, but I think I'm ready. I think this needs to happen, and I need to be more wonderful, vulnerable. <laughs> Man, I hate this word. I can't say it, but uh, you get the point, yeah, right? Well, hopefully, by the end of this episode, you're going to be able to say it much better because you're going to have lots of practice. Yeah, I don't know why it's such a tongue twister. I think it's just my Indian accent comes out in this word. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, well, I guess before we start, just a quick recap of, of the last episode we had with Phil. How do you feel about kind of being a dad or, and be- or becoming a dad in the in the future now that we've kind of spoken about it a bit more? Yeah, I, f- I feel a little bit more relaxed. Um, I've always felt like I was ready to be a dad. And I, I can't wait to be a dad. But there was a few inhibitions about um, the actual the reality of it and i think you and mm-hmm. phil were able to explain that like simple things like yeah um everyone talks about you know lack of sleep but you guys pointed it out well you know you need to focus on communication and like phil said just tell your partner you're tired or mm-hmm. either partner communicate with you and i think that's that's beautiful to reiterate that you know um you guys are doing it so i feel like i should be able to do it as well so that was awesome thanks for that oh of course you're gonna be a great dad and just you just got to remember that, like you know, there's been dads for thousands of years, and they've all done it, and we're still as as a human race, we're still alive. So we must be doing something right. So yeah, absolutely. I I just hope I can be a conscious dad. Like that's my big goal is to be a yeah. um, conscious yeah. parent. So let's see. Oh well, we've we've all got your back, Rosa. So it's all good. All right. So let's get into it. Hey, let's straight into the um, the main topic of the episode. So it's vulnerability, and I'm trying not to make you say it too much, Ro. I'll take the reins of that one for you if you like. Thanks, mate. Uh, so before we start, I've got a, um, a couple of quotes here on vulnerability. I'll just mention them before we get going. Vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. And now that one's by um, Brene Brown. And a quick note on Brene Brown, she's got a really good TED talk um, on vulnerability um, that I think everyone should listen to. And that's um, and I'll link that in the show notes um, as well. And the second quote is, um, the strongest love is the love that can demonstrate fragility. Um, that's a Paolo Coelho. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but I, th- I think I thought they were really um, two really good quotes to kind of get us started and get us thinking about what how we feel yeah. about vulnerability. I think us as men in society these days, we're kind of not really um, expected to be vulnerable people, and I think it's really uh, it's a, it's going to be a challenge for us moving forward as as a as men to kind of really open up and share how we're feeling with with the people around us and and kind of really try and and break down that barrier of communication. Um, how do you kind of feel about vulnerability and, and do you see yourself as a vulnerable vulnerable person, bro? Yeah. When we decided to do this topic in this week, as this week's episode, I was thinking about a lot about it and I was trying to reflect on how I am around this, you know, being open and honest and um, just being unfiltered with, with people around me. And I think I thought I was good at being in this state, but I realized that I'm not. And I think it comes from a place of um, fear. I think mm-hmm. I'm scared to just show what exactly I'm feeling it, just to protect mm-hmm. the people around me. For example, I don't want to come across as a weak person. Like I've been raised in a way that as men, we're meant to be the protectors and providers of the family and the strong ones. And I feel like me being vulnerable and sharing my deep, dark secrets might prove to someone that I'm weak 
And I don't want to come across that. And I think yeah. that's where the line's mm. um, not very clear because I want to be vulnerable because it's good for my mental state and just for my overall per personal development and just being. But at the same time, the society, I feel like, sort of puts this strong image of a man and strong men don't have mm. weaknesses, if you, if you get what yeah. I mean. I think, I think one way you've got to think about it is that being vulnerable is, is one of the strongest things you can do in your life, you know. Like people, you, you said before you kind of um, didn't want to show your true self to people and I think like that's one of the hardest things because, you know, we're, we're born and we kind of start building this mask in front of ourselves to kind of to please other people and not show, not show our true, true selves and I think if we can pull that mask down and really show who we really are, I think it can do wonders for not only your current relationship, but you kind of the right kind of people get attracted to you in your life as well. But I think, like, well, I think, yeah, sorry, go I, ahead. Um, I was just going to say that I feel like one of my biggest fear is um, the fear of being taken advantage of. And I feel mm -hmm. like if I reveal all my insecurities and worries and my secrets, and if I'm open with someone, there might be someone that might take advantage of that. Yeah. And it happens a lot in my culture, you know. Uh, in India, we tend to lie about the facts because yeah. we're fed that because we get judged on how much money we earn or what we're doing in terms of work and um, how many how, how well our grades are at school so I've always I grew up telling lies man no one knew what was actually going on um, I see that with a lot of married mm. couples in India too they they're unhappy but to the public they they look so happy and it makes no sense you know yeah I think I think it's the mm -hmm. space. I think for men to be vulnerable, I think it's very important to give them the space to be in that state and feel safe mm -hmm. and not feel like yeah. someone is going to take advantage of you or someone's going to judge you as a weak person. Yeah, definitely. I think and on, on your point of kind of people t taking things from you and taking your power away, I think looking on the other side of that, if you are vulnerable and, and you lay everything on the line, what, what else is there for someone to attack? You know, like what else is there for someone to take? If you've already shown them everything, if you've shown them the deepest, darkest stuff. On that point, it's important to to be vulnerable with people that you trust. You know, whether that be your partner or like a mentor or or your best mate. Like when you're first starting to be a bit more vulnerable, um, I think it's really important to to pick those people wisely so people don't kind of attack you and take you take advantage of you as well. Can I ask you a question, Mitch? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to ask you a question. I've always seen you as a guy who's been so open and in tune with your emotional emotionality how, how do you do that why do you why do you why do you say that why do you what am i doing to make me, you think that because i think i've seen you cry a lot more than i've cried in my in my um growing up years you know i, I feel like you're a lot more comfortable crying and i wasn't for a long time given to you as a tool as you were growing up you know to be vulnerable i think i definitely wasn't born with it mm. it's something it's something that i've learned over the years to kind of and it's in in and when you when you're first trying to be vulnerable and and just starting out, it's like it's it's really hard and you've got to kind of stick at it. So it's it's something that I've kind of practiced over the years to do. And and to be honest, I I don't see myself personally as a very vulnerable person. <laughs> so it's funny that you actually say that as um, and 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 that could possibly be maybe my mask is just a little bit different to your mask. You know, the the, the wall that I put up. I'm I feel like I'm truly vulnerable with very few people in my life. You know. 
um, my wife, Katie, and, you know, some past partners occasionally, but not, not even then. And it's only like a very, a really good friend that I'm, that I can open up to, um, which is pretty funny because we're both opening up to a lot of people right now. (laughs) I know, right? What better place to do it? I think um, we were just building a space for everyone to be vulnerable. And I think that's very powerful. And you're right. I think the people... You want to have trusted people. I was very closed off and I had mm. I, I wouldn't reveal my true true self to a lot of people. But moving to Australia showed me mm. that it's okay to reveal your true self without having the worry of being taken advantage of. And now in my life, I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, I've got yeah. five, six people outside of my immediate family, like outside of my mom and dad, my brother, who I can just truly be open and um, show my true feelings um, without the fear of being taken advantage of without being judged and without, without being seen as a weak person. Yeah. Can, can you give us an example of, of a time where you've been really vulnerable with someone? Yeah, um, the, the story that I told you about a few weeks back, but I'm going to share with the listeners here. I met you one, one day when I was working and you came the dojo to train. And at that time, you were super excited and you told me, oh, guess what? I, I bought a motorbike and I was so happy for you, but I felt something. Like I felt something. I wasn't sure what it was. And that same night I was driving back with my partner and um, she said something and it wasn't even something negative or anything. I just blew up and I didn't know why I was blowing up. I was acting like a madman. When we got home, I just stopped the car and I just broke down. I just couldn't stop crying. I just cried so much. And this is, keep in mind, like I haven't cried for years. So I, I haven't cried for like three, four years. And then I broke down. And this is probably the first time my partner wow. actually saw me break down. It was awesome because I was worried about her reaction. And all she said was, good, um, is there anything more? And she kept asking me. And I, I was getting annoyed at her for making me cry even more. But I, I remember saying to her, I, uh, Mitch buying a motorbike, I'm happy for him. But at the same time, I'm working so hard. I can't see the end of the tunnel. I'm walking in this tunnel. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm I'm like 22 I wanted a motorbike by 23, but I'm working hard and I can't even get the things I want. And But her just telling me it's okay for men to cry and her saying, you know, she doesn't see it as being weak gave me so much assurance and I wasn't feeling shame around crying. And since then, my whole idea about men crying has changed completely because growing up, I was always told at school uh, among my friends that only weak men cry. I don't want to be a weak man. So I, I didn't cry and I would hold back so much. When I feel like crying, I just hold back and people always saw me as a, excluding yeah. them. But I wasn't. I was just trying to protect myself. So that's that's an example. But now I'm, I'm all for crying. And I think that was the most liberating thing that I've done that night. And following that, I went and bought a motorbike. So I guess. <laughs> Thought it worked out well in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i got what i wanted but it was great and i see it as one of my midlife crisis moment um mm. and i see it as such a big thing because i didn't have the ability to cry i was i didn't have that tool and now i have that tool and i feel stronger than ever yeah definitely do you think how do you think that's affected your relationship with with your partner since then do you feel like you guys are, are closer because of that yeah i feel like i'll let her in even more she's she's always been mm. Um, such an open person all through our relationship whereas me I've always um, taken the caution approach and you know she's she's the first person I've had a long-term relationship with so I I was always um, making sure that I was um, showing her that I'm a capable uh, well-suited person to be with and I think um, I I misunderstood 
what it's like being vulnerable. And I think that's the best thing you can do in a relationship. Just be open and real. Just cut the bullshit. Pull down the mask, pull down the wall. Yeah. That's good. I, re- I really like how you said that she kind of just sat there and didn't say much, but just said, is there anything else? That's really powerful, I think, to kind of draw more out of you. That's That was a really good thing for her to say, I think. And her just explaining to me that she doesn't see it as a weak thing that because that was the biggest thing that I was worried about. I've seen my dad like a superhero all his life. He's never showed, you know, even when he gets sick, he just like battles on. And I had such a Im- strong image yeah. of him. I think I was just talking to my partner about this whole vulnerability aspect and with a friend as well. And I was saying, my dad raised me to be Batman, but he raised my brother to be Robin. And when I say that, like I, I still remember when my dad dropped me off at the airport when I was moving to Australia, he fought back his tears and my mom was bawling her eyes out. He fought back his tears. I fought back mm. my tears and I just ran into the airport, like through the gates. Yeah. But when my brother was leaving, completely different story, like two months, three months in advance, he was just bawling his eyes out. He would call me up and cry. It's it's amazing because I, I didn't see my dad cry for years. And now it's given such a freedom for us boys in the family. You know what? Even dad cries and it's okay. And it just breaks it down and the real emotions are shown. So when we go to the airport, he hugs me and he he cries. When we leave, he hugs me and cries. And that's beautiful. There's no holding back anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly the kind of dad that I want to be and no doubt you want to be as well. 100%. But it took him a long time. It took him to realize that I cried. And when I broke down, I called him up and I said, cried for like 30 minutes after four years. His response was, good. How do you feel? And I was like, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) And it's okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's all men need to hear, like that it's okay to share it and, and express how you're feeling and cry, you know. And even even just having a baby, like my son, Elio, is five months old and he, if he feels something, he cries, you know, and the emotion is just so freely flowing out of him. I'm, I'm not sure when along our development we build up these walls and we start holding this stuff back, but I think it'd be really beneficial if, if everyone um, or every man, every man, every woman, every child kind of was more in touch with that kind of emotion and, and expressed it freely in in speaking about that wall and that mask theory i want to ask you if you have a mask on what does that mask show people what do people see from the front about me, about me. <laughs> yeah about you i, I want to know about you what's what's in front of your mask um the big one for me is just showing everyone that i'm always okay and not showing that i'm struggling because i i struggled for years like you you would have seen me when when I was struggling like for years, like mental health issues, like depression and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I think I'm really good at, um, at kind of shoving it all down and, and, and putting on a front so that people don't realize. And it goes for many things. Like I'm good at pretending that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing all right financially. I'm good at pretending that I'm doing all right, all right mentally and physically and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's all, it's all not really, not really me. <laughs> um, and I've, and I've kind of, I've struggled to kind of pull down that wall um, up until, you know, up until really I met, I met Katie. Um, and she kind of helped me really, really kind of open up and, and show my true self and not just to her, but to everybody. Like, I, d- I don't think that we'd be able to do this podcast if if I wasn't kind of willing to open up. And I don't, I don't, you probably wouldn't have either. If you hadn't had that experience, like it probably wouldn't have happened. But I can tell you, like when Katie and I just first got together, I think it was probably about a month into our relationship. Um, we booked a, a night out to stay at a, at, a, at a cabin out in the in the country. And I like I'd been going through some um, some tough stuff in the last a couple of months before, just before we got together and we're out there and 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 she noticed something was up and I and as usual I was saying no nothing's wrong it's fine like I've you know putting up the wall and just pretending that it was all okay but luckily Katie is a very intuitive 
person and she kind of could see straight through it and she you know and it's kind of the same thing that um that amy did and just kind of try and pulled it out of me and we we're kind of lying on the couch and and all of a sudden i just kind of broke down and just was bawling my eyes out and said and just told her everything everything was on the line like spilled my guts about past relationships and like mental health stuff i was struggling with and it was even with me it was even getting to the point where i was kind of like I had this problem that I was, whenever I would get anxious, I'd kind of scratch, scratch my legs and I was getting these sores on my legs because I was, I just couldn't stop. That was the only way I could kind of turn my brain off and stop myself thinking about that kind of stuff. And she had noticed that before this had happened and she kind of was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And, and she asked me about it and I, I just brushed it off um, before this point. But yeah, I kind of just broke down and told her. And, and after that, like, you know, it was like, we were like 10 times closer in our relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there's there, I've still got walls up for sure. You know, it's pretty hard to to be a completely mm-hmm. open person um, all the time. Um, so in the front of your mask, you always try to show that you're okay, mm-hmm. you know, financially, mentally, and all this stuff. Yeah. And in the background, that's not always true, right? Most of the most of the time, it's not true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing, man. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, when I I I met you when I was twelve and you were sixteen, I think. And since then, I always envied you and i looked up to you a lot i thought you were always you had everything sorted you knew what you wanted to do um you were so good at whatever you did and yeah like honestly i just i looked up to you and i wanted to be like mitch you know it's it's crazy to think that you were going through a lot of stuff and i didn't pick it up most of the time you know you always seemed like you were Mm. you were doing well yeah yeah no one did if you do it for your whole life if you put this mask up for your whole life you get pretty good at it Mm. And that also becomes like your ultimate yeah. reality. You start to believe that you are that person. And um, but when mm. like in when we're talking about holding stuff in, and um, it's kind of like to use a, a an analogy, it's like living in your house and and having this rubbish in your house, but not throwing it out. You know, if it's if you leave it in there for long enough, it's just going to start stinking <laughs> and rotting inside you. You know, mm. and no one wants to live like that. And I think we need to kind of be expressing ourselves and getting this rubbish out and kind of, because once you do talk about it, once you lift the burden off just your shoulders and, and like rest it on half someone else's shoulders, it really allows you to heal and kind of and get stuff off your chest. I agree. Totally agree. It's so powerful mm. to just, yeah. just be free and to think that there is so, so many people in the world, including us who live yeah. life with chains on, just pretend that we're free, but in reality we're not. Um, and I think just being vulnerable yeah. is you breaking those chains off and yeah. it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like, you know what, we'll just once, one time sit down with a breakdown. It's, it's not going to be like that. It's an ongoing process. You have to almost teach yourself mm-hmm. to be vulnerable again because you've lost it yeah. so long ago. You know, I've always said to people, I live, you know, uh, life by characters. And when I go to work, I'm a work row. And when I'm at, Mm. Um, karate i'm a sensei role and all these different aspects but just me reflecting on that it's not me playing characters it's me yeah. wearing different masks you know you, you're always there you're just behind everything and that, and it's just you try to protect yourself against something that might not even be there absolutely and it's it's not just protecting myself i think a big thing is uh, providing the space women do it amazingly mm. you know women I, I i see that i envy that quality in women where they're okay to just be vulnerable and open and express that with their friends and their families uh, without any inhibitions. Uh, mm-hmm. There might be some inhibitions, but most of the time they do it from a young age. As us boys, we're not given the space to just sit down and talk about our feelings. Um, yet we are expect- expected yeah. to talk about our feelings freely, but we're never told how to. Yeah. 
thinking about this topic and researching this topic, I saw an interview of um, of a man who studies men's emotional health and um, you know the well being, and he was mentioning the only place men are vulnerable with their friends is at a bar at a pub but we go to the bar we sit in the yeah. bar and we yeah. don't even face our friend we face the bartender <laughs> do you get what yeah. I mean and the bartender hears all your life stories yeah yeah and i think it's it's it, it comes i was just thinking about that and i feel like it's it's the fear of hurting your friend you don't want your friend to feel scared or worried about you, yeah. but you don't care about the bartender because you're probably not going to see him again. And do you get what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I would love bars to have round tables moving forward, you know? <laughs> that's what yeah, we should definitely. do yeah. too. And I, I would love for me to be open. I would love for my friends to just come come along for a dinner around a round table and be vulnerable. I, wa- I want to share all my deep dark secrets and i want my friends to feel safe to share that in that open space how do we kind of make that happen if say if we've got a couple of friends that aren't you know that aren't aren't on this particular path and they're not particularly vulnerable how do we draw them out of their shell and make them feel comfortable and make the space around them comfortable enough to for them to be able to do that with us i think asking the right questions is a big factor for that right when you see your friend and when you're sitting down, rather than talking about all the crap that we superficial stuff that we talk about, why don't we just break down the conversation and start by saying, Hey, can I can I ask you if there was one thing you wish your dad told you growing up or you wish you told your dad growing up, what would that be? Yeah. You know, that that's, that's simple awesome. question because I think as men we, we're okay to talk yeah. about our relationships with our fathers. It's just that we we're never asked about that. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask you, Mitch, what 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 do you wish you you told your dad growing up? <laughs> Well, I guess my dad's still around and I'm still growing up, so I've still got time. I think the biggest thing for me was something that we've, I think I've struggled with and probably he struggled with is kind of showing our affection and how much we love each other and, and, and telling us that, you know, like I, don't, like I can't remember the last time I told my dad that I loved him. You know, like I think moving forward, I'm going to try and do more of that. And, but, and, and that comes down to being vulnerable with each other, you know, if to tell someone that you love them, you've got to pull down all the, all the masks and all the walls because the love comes from deep within, you know, and it, can't, and it can't get past all that other stuff. But yeah, that's one thing I wish would, mm-hmm. would have happened more in the past and, and I'm hoping to, to change in the future. What about you? I think I'd like to tell my dad that he's always my superhero irrespective of the situation right like even if he was unwell or if he was upset about something or he didn't get something right i still saw him in the same light i felt like um he was living up to this expectation that i had um about him being a superhero that i wish he didn't have that you know that constant worry about it but i think from the the way he was raised and with the resources he was raised and the situation in um he grew up in i think he did an exceptional job and i want to tell my dad that um and I, I i try to tell him this and i tell him he's an amazing dad for me and i'm so lucky to have him and i think we need to express that a lot more you know like when i was a teenager we never said i love you but now in every phone call we end i always say dad i love you mom i love you and they say it back and it's beautiful mm-hmm. my brother is still a little bit hesitant about saying i love you when i yeah. say when we say to him i love you he says mm, and then ends the call <laughs> There's no, no, I love you too. <laughs> and we have to force it out of him. <laughs> but um, we know he, he yeah. feels the love. We just want him to be yeah. comfortable to just say it. Yeah. 
I think with me as well, like we're both of us are getting a bit older and our parents are getting older as well. And I, I just don't want, um, I know it's a pretty morbid thing to think about, but when our parents do pass away, I don't mm-hmm. want to think that I didn't say it enough mm-hmm. um, and kind Absolutely. of regret that. But yeah. So, but how did you kind of, how did you move from that teenage, those teenage years of not saying it to your parents to, to then saying it? What was the catalyst? What was kind of the, um, the thing that made you start saying it again? And how did you do that? Because that's a pretty hard thing to, to start doing all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I feel like I was, since, you know, experiencing uh, the power of being vulnerability, uh, vulnerable, bleh, sorry, um, I realized that I need, I have trusted people around me. It's just that I didn't see it like that. Mm-hmm. I was too scared of, you know, if I'm vulnerable with them, will they feel worried and scared about what I'm going through? And will that make it, will that make them anxious about it? And I, I realized yeah. that it's okay. And just telling them, you know, I'm going through this, but I'll be fine because I have your love. And for that, I love you, yeah. you know? And I, I I, started ending my phone calls with my guy mates by saying I love you because I love them. But why shouldn't I tell my friend I love you, mm. you know? And even at the start of the podcast, I know I was, it's not recorded, but I was telling you, Mitch, like, I'm so grateful that you've given me a space for me to just be unfiltered and just talk about whatever I want to talk about. And for that, I'm grateful. And I love you, bro. Love you too. <laughs> I, th- I think we both needed this, to be honest. And like, before this gets, this pod- this episode gets a little bit <laughs> too ther- therapeutic for the both of us <laughs> and not beneficial for anybody else. Um, can you, can you give me some, for the, for the, for the audience out there, can you give it, give me some tips on how they can get started with being a bit more vulnerable and how can they, how can they open up more and be okay with, with saying things like I love you and saying what's on their mind and in their heart. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it starts with like the physical wall that we build uh, among men. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always greet our friends by giving a handshake or giving a high five or a fist bump. I think that... Yeah, that's just, bullshit. That's yeah, <laughs> change it. Go, go, go in for a hug and don't just go in for the, you know, the big space in the middle. Just give a wholehearted hug, man, because nothing beats yeah. a good friendly hug i think that's awesome because that just breaks everything that breaks all the barriers the physical Mm -hmm. barriers and once the physical barriers are broken then everything will come up and asking a simple question with your mates are you okay don't make the question very um narrow by saying how's work how's your partner how's this say are you okay um and asking Mm -hmm. is there something bothering you even though you feel like nothing's bothering them there's always something on someone's mind and just creating the space. And I think another tip I'd give our listeners is make a ritual with your friends, with your guy friends. You know, the whole um, boys trip is so important for men, but we only do it once a year or once every three years when a mate's getting married, we do a bachelor party, but it's always covered in a whole lot of superficial stuff like, you know, getting drinking and getting wasted and partying. And I'm not saying partying is bad, but... The big element of boys trip that draws all the men, it's a space to feel safe with your boys and you can talk about anything. And why just do it once a year? Why not do it yeah. once a month, once yeah. every two weeks? Just catch up for dinner or a cup yeah. of coffee and just just be open. What about you? What are the tips that you want to give our listeners? Yeah, I think like a big one is to just take it slow. For for someone that's kind of hasn't really sh- shared how they're feeling and been vulnerable and open for a long time, it can be pretty daunting to just you know, go to someone and be like, this is my whole life. This is all, everything that's going on in my head. You can just go up to someone and, and find someone that you trust and just be like, look, I'm not feeling that well today. Um, and that can be it. And then, and then they can start talking and that's, and that's all you have to do. And that can be with anything. So yeah, to take it, take it really slow, baby steps. It's something that needs to be practiced. 
it's a muscle that needs to be worked out, you know. Um, and hopefully, eventually, you'll be able to walk up to your friend and just be like, "Look, this is what's happening. I need help," and you know, and tell them tell them what's going on. And I think for me as well, sometimes it can be really helpful to plan what I'm going to say before I say it. Um, so say if if you and I were going to catch up for like a coffee, maybe on the car ride there, I'd be like, "All right, this is what I want to talk to Roll about. This is how I'm feeling," and 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 kind of even write a script in your head, you know, to to get it out because because when you do get to that situation you might get a bit anxious you might get a bit tight-chested because you're about to share your true self and it's good to have that kind of script in your head just so you can be like all right this is what i'm going to say and and once you do start obviously it's 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 much much easier um when you when you are vulnerable and you do like share what's on your mind and in and and your emotions just be proud of yourself because it's it takes real strength to be able to do that and you know it's one of the hardest things in the world to do so just be proud of the fact that you you're actually able to do that and and you know what? Real men share their feelings. And real men cry. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I definitely um, agree with everything that you said. And you said something really powerful as well. Just just don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need help. Yeah. We, we don't have it all figured out. If we had it figured out, the world would be a completely different place, right? Yeah. So we all need help. Not everyone can read minds. There are a few people <laughs> that can read minds, I think. But... Um, uh, <laughs> just just ask for help to say i'm going through this can you just help me out with this and that's that's beautiful um and it's a it's a great thing to do yeah and more more often than not just asking for help sorry more often than not when you do ask for help and you do talk to people you'll find out that they need help as well and you're both in the same boat or you're both you know feeling something similar so it's a really good way to not feel so alone in your struggles because that was that was a big thing for me Mm -hmm. just me thinking that i'm the only one that's going through this stuff and there's no one else in the world that understands me. Um, but once once I did share that with with Katie in particular, she was like, "Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, I've been through the same stuff." And that's a massive load off that you know someone's there to talk to and, and that understands. I guess we're coming to the end of the episode, and I want to just share with you um, the actual dictionary definition of vulnerability. And I'll get, get your thoughts on it. So. It's the quality or state of being exposed to the to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Now, I look at this and I see something that's pretty negative and and a little bit scary, to be honest. Um, I think I would like to change that <laughs> definition. If I was in charge of, of doing that, I would. What do, what are your what's your thoughts on on that? And what what is your kind of definition of of vulnerability? I think, from my perspective. I feel like vulnerability should be defined as the, the power uh, within yourself to express your true feelings and emotion without the fear of being judged mm-hmm. or without the fear of being taken advantage of. And I think that's that's what I see it as. Building strength yeah. within myself and having the power to just, just be real with people and express my true feelings mm. is, is beautiful. And that's what I want to associate the word vulnerability yeah. uh, because like the definition that's given on the dictionary is scary. And I was scared for a long time to be vulnerable and I no longer want to be scared. I don't want to be tied down anymore. What about you, Mitch? What, how, how would you like to define it? I honestly couldn't do it any better than you just did it, Ro. That was, um, that was really good. And I think, yeah, just on an, on, a, on an ending note, I think we need to really, you know, push with our friends and we're not push, but just kind of like create that space with our friends, with our sons, with our fathers and uh, with our partners and, and mums and sisters as well to kind of really open up and, and just, just try it, you know. Mm-hmm. As I said before, don't start with something too too big, too difficult. Just start with the, with the old. You know, people always ask you in the street, oh, how are you going? 
why don't you why don't you answer instead of going yeah good mate why don't you go look not really well thanks i'm really struggling with with this this and this and see what just see what happens mm. you know i bet that person in the street will stop mm. right where they are mm. and look you in the eyes and 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 talk to you about it um it's a pretty powerful thing absolutely and i think also just figure out who those people are in your life that you're comfortable being vulnerable mm-hmm. to and let them know i've let you know mitch that you're one of the few people in my life that i can be vulnerable yep. with and i feel comfortable being vulnerable with so now you know that if i'm not feeling right you can um you can draw that out of me yep. to ask me what's actually going yep. on and you know that i'm comfortable around you so it gives that sense of responsibility both ways as yep. well you know if i've given you so much trust mm-hmm. you also keep that trust right yep. so i think that's a beautiful thing for our friendship and our relationship as well moving forward yep. um and i think people should do that more often yeah definitely and as an as a kind of an open invitation um to all our listeners out there if you guys need to talk about anything we're always here just head to our website being-men.com as a uh, contact us form if you want to chat about anything it can be anything it doesn't have to be a bit related to being men um just get in touch or even on our facebook page like us on there um and and just send us a message we're always keen to have a chat and and help you out so and i and i got to say i got to say ro before we finish up your pronunciation of vulnerable has been impeccable this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been practicing like 10 yeah. minutes before the episode. <laughs> I noticed you tried to avoid it a couple of times and it was, it was well done. Yeah. Um, um, and a couple of, a couple of housekeeping things before we finish up. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, I know we keep banging on about this, but leave us a, leave us a review. It really helps us out with the rankings. Um, so we can kind of um, get shown to more people and more people can listen to us. It'd be really awesome. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, I'm sure you can just search "being men" in Facebook, and that'll come come right up. Um, and if you haven't looked at it just yet, we do have a website up now, which I mentioned before, um, being-men.com. We're going to have all our podcast episodes on there, and about us, and um, maybe some blog posts in the future as well. Um, and we're also looking at doing a little bit of mentoring on there as well. So if you do want to have a chat to us and, and want to get some mentoring, um, we're always open for that. And one last thing, we have set up a Patreon page. So for you guys that haven't really heard of Patreon, it's kind of a way for people to support the content creators and the people that are doing stuff on YouTube and and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So the way it works is uh, you'll jump on our uh, Patreon page um, and there's like a monthly pledge you can make. So it's a a dollar amount. So it's as little and as, as much as you'd like. Um, And for each of those kind of levels of pledges, you can get, you get something from us. So one of them is a, um, kind of a one-on-one mentoring session um, with us. Um, and one of them is, um, we haven't actually mentioned this in the podcast before, but we're going to set up a camp. So a being men camp at the end of this year um, for a bunch of a bunch of guys to get together and kind of, I guess, be vulnerable together and, and, and learn about um, manhood. So one of the pledges is actually free admission to that camp. There's a few other on there as well. So jump on there. Um, the link will be on our website um, in the podcast notes and we'll pop a link on Facebook as well um, about that. Yeah, so... All of your support is greatly appreciated. The money will probably go into a little bit of help with getting a podcast editor for us because Ro is doing all the editing at the moment. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. So, and he's got lots of more important things to do than doing that. I want to say to all our listeners, thank you for the love and support you guys are showing us. Um, a great way to support us moving forward as well is to share this with your friends and family and people that you think will benefit from this because we want to reach as many people and the power is through word of mouth. So if you want to share our Facebook page and our website and that sort of stuff, please feel free for it. Um, it'll be awesome to 
to be known to a lot of people. Awesome. Well, that sounds like the end of the podcast. So we'll sign off and uh, we love you all. And I love you, Ro. Uh, I love you too, Mitch. And uh, thanks, guys. We love you. Um, we'll talk next episode. Bye. <laughs> Bye.